0: And so, we've come to the bit in the story where every good love story finishes. They got married and they all lived happily ever after. But the storyteller has a little bit more to say. The story began with a famine in Bethlehem. Elimelech sold up and took his wife Naomi and his two boys Malon and Kilian to live in Moab but in Moab tragedy struck. Elimelech and Malon and Kilian all died leaving Naomi alone a widow in a strange land to fend for herself. She returned to Bethlehem A broken woman. Do not call me Naomi, she said. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord has brought me back empty. Everything looked dark and hopeless for Naomi then. But that soon began to change. At first there were some little glimmers of light on Naomi's horizon. Ruth, her daughter-in-law from Moab, had come back to Bethlehem with her. She had promised to stay with Naomi no matter what, and she started working hard to provide for them both, and Ruth met a man, Boaz. Boaz was a good man. He was very kind to Ruth, and Boaz had the potential to be the answer to Naomi's problems because, you see, he was a close relative, a goel, a kinsman, redeemer. According to the custom of the time, he had the right to buy back to redeem Naomi's property. And if he then married Ruth, he could raise up a child to inherit Elimelech's place in the community and his part in the promise that God had made to Abraham." So, glimmers of light on Naomi's horizon. But of course, Naomi didn't see that at first. Often you don't when you're grieving. But as those glimmers of light grew brighter and brighter, she came to realise God has not forgotten. His loving kindness is everywhere. Even in bad times, God is at work behind the scenes. The Lord's kindness, hesed, remember that Hebrew word? The Lord's kindness, or hesed, has not forsaken the living or the dead. The Lord's kindness, the Lord's hesed, his pity, his tenderness, his loving kindness, his mercy, his grace, his love, his commitment, his loyalty, his faithfulness, all of those things wrapped up together, strong, steadfast, unchanging, unconditional, loyal love. Naomi came to see that God's it; pervades absolutely everything. And the story continued to unfold. Boaz, with a little bit of clever encouragement from Naomi, agreed to marry Ruth. The only obstacle that stood in the way was removed, and the whole community approved and gave Boaz their blessing. And the elders said, May Ruth be like Rachel and Leah. May you have lots and lots of children. May you prosper and be famous. And may your house be like the house of Perez. May your house be like the house of Paris. May it be that through your line, the line of your descendants, that the promise God made to Abraham will be fulfilled. That was some blessing they gave to Boaz and Ruth. And so we've come to the bit in the story where every good love story finishes. They got married, and they all lived happily ever after. We've come to the happy ever after bit. But the storyteller has a little bit more to say than that. So we're going to see now how he concludes the story. We're going to read from Ruth chapter 4 and verses 13 to 21. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went in to her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and led him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. And the neighbor women gave him a name, saying, This is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begat Hezron, Hezron begat Ram, Ram begat Aminadab. Aminadab begot Nation, and Nation begot Salmon, Salmon begot Boaz, Boaz begot Obed, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. Ah, a wee baby, a baby boy. What a blessing for Ruth. You remember, she was married to Malon for 10 years in Moab and they had no children. So this was a little miracle baby. And what a blessing for Granny to take that little one in her arms. How happy Naomi must have been the day little Obed was born. Have you noticed how the storytellers focus in these last verses is on Naomi? The women gather round and they give their congratulations to Naomi. And what they have to say is all about what the birth means for Naomi, not Boaz or Ruth. In fact, they go so far as to say there is a son born to Naomi. Actually, when you think about it, the story has focused on Naomi all along. It's quite obvious when you think about it. The story began in chapter 1, verses 1 to 6, by telling us about all the bad stuff that happened to Naomi, those bitter blows from the hand of God. It's ending here in chapter 4, 13 to 17, with all the good stuff that is happening to Naomi, blessing from God. And if you put those two sections side by side, the way you're meant to, the way the story's put together suggests that you're meant to do that, It's plain to see that there's been a complete turnaround in Naomi's circumstances. Naomi's children died in Moab. Now a child is born to Naomi. She was left alone. Now she has a family. She has a daughter-in-law who's better than seven sons. Seven, the ideal number. She has a son-in-law. She has a grandson. She had no one to care for. her. Now she has Obed, one who serves. That's what his name means. She had no hope for the future. Now the future looks bright. It's filled with hope. The lady said to her, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel, and may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons has borne him. That's what the woman said. It's a complete reversal, a complete turnaround. The woman who returned empty from Moab is full again, empty to full. And that's what the whole story is about. It's about the reversal of Naomi's tragedy. Lost again, bitterness to joy, emptiness to fullness. Everything in between is there to show us how that reversal came about. First we saw those little gleams of light breaking through. Then we saw them growing brighter and bursting into full sunshine with Boaz's kindness and Ruth's marriage and now the birth of little Obed and the reversal is complete. And Hesed is behind it all. Hesed was woven all through the story. God's Hesed revealed in the Hesed of his people. God's Hesed has brought about the reversal of Naomi's tragedy. First reading, it looks like God is hardly part of the story at all. We're only told about him getting involved twice. First, when he visits the people of Bethlehem and gives them bread, and later, when he enables Ruth to conceive. I suppose those were things that only God could do but haven't we noticed how all along the storyteller has been reminding us with his little subtle hints God has had everything in hand everything that has happened the good things and the bad things in all the circumstances in the plans people have made in the choices people have made and the actions they have taken when those plans worked out well and when they went wrong Nothing has happened by chance at any stage. There's been no such thing as it just so happened. Whatever has happened, God's hand has been in it." Naomi knew that all along. She said that the bad stuff was from the hand of the Almighty, and she knew it later when she said, "'His hesed never fails.' And the women of Bethlehem can see it. They said, "'Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative.' God has been guiding through the whole thing. And it hasn't just been when things went wrong that God showed up to sort out the mess. No, it wasn't like that at all. He had it all planned. It had to be. It has all gone exactly the way it was always meant to go. God brought everything together at just the right time to make this story happen. And if you think of what was involved, in that. There had to be a famine in Bethlehem. Elimelech had to make that journey to Moab. Ruth and Orpah had to be married to Malon and Chilion, And then there had to be that terrible tragedy. And then there was the end of the famine. And Boaz, I mean, Boaz didn't just become the man he was overnight. His mummy and daddy must have brought him upright. And even Poloni Almoni turning up at the gate of the city that day in the way he did. And the elders and the women and the parts that they played in it. And little Obed, the miracle baby. God had it all planned. God had it all organized perfectly. It was all God's hessed at work, bringing about that reversal. Of Naomi's tragedy what an amazing God I mean how does he do that all those people even people who don't get a mention in the story at all people like Boaz's mummy and daddy who brought him up right in a dark dark world all those people making free choices for which they were totally responsible and yet all the time God is orchestrating the whole thing with perfect precision. I can't make sense of that. just blows your mind apart, doesn't it? Oh, the depth of both the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past, finding out Can I give you a little bit of advice? Don't try to make sense of it. You're not going to be able to. If you try to make sense of it, you're gonna end up with some heresy or other before you're finished. Just take it as it is. Take it as it is in God's word and wonder and worship. He is God after all you can't expect to understand everything about him. He's such a great God. There are bound to be things that are beyond your understanding. So, a tragedy reversed. If you could imagine yourself reading this story for the first time, I think you might be struck by the apparent uncertainties And all the ups and downs as the story unfolds. In fact, you could say it seems like nothing has been straightforward and predictable. You just think of how many times we've been kept guessing. How many times have we thought, oh no, what's going to become of Naomi? Will Ruth really stay with her? How are they going to survive? Does Boaz like Ruth? Will he marry her? Is Boaz thick or what? Why is he not asking her? Will Naomi's plan work? What if it all goes horribly wrong? Is Polonia Almoni going to come in and spoil everything? Naomi's tragedy has been reversed, but what a bendy road we have traveled with her. It's been a bendy road as we have seen it, and it was a bendy road as Naomi saw it, and Ruth, and Boaz, But God was never in any doubt about what was happening and where things were going. He knew what he was doing at every twist and turn along the way. The road to heaven is always bendy. From where we see it, there are tragedies. There are disappointments, there are uncertainties, there are times when the going is tough, there are times when the way forward seems to be blocked to us, there are times when the journey seems to be impossible. But from where God sees it, there are no surprises, there are no unplanned tragedies, and there are no mistakes. From where God sees it, the end point is guaranteed, and everything along the way goes exactly according to plan. And everything along the way is good, even the things that look bad, because God is a God of Hesed. His Hesed never ceases, and he is always at work causing all things, everything, to work for good to those who love him. He is always at work making everything beautiful in its time. That's what it's like living in the shadow of his loving, all protective, powerful wings. Everything is bathed, is covered in God's chesed. It's never a straight line to glory, But if we knew God, if we understood what hesed is, and if we could trust God, we wouldn't be anxious about the bends and twists in the road. And if we did trust God, we would see that all of those complaints we have are unwarranted. And the book of Ruth was written. To encourage us and to help us with that. But there is more to it than that. We still haven't thought about that list of names at the end. Why is that there? Perez begat Hezron, Hezron begot Ram, Ram begot Aminadab, Aminadab begot Neshon, Neshon begot Salmon, Salmon begot. Boaz, Boaz begot Obed, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. Why is that there? The list can't have been written in the days of Boaz, obviously. They wouldn't have known about Jesse and David. Some people think it was tagged onto the book after the original story was written, but it's more likely that the whole book, including the list, was written in the days of David or even later because this list, as you're about to see, is not just an add-on. This is an essential part of the book. The list takes the story of Naomi, Ruth and Boaz to a whole new level. It shows us that this story isn't just about God working behind the scenes to reverse Naomi's tragedy. It shows us that this story is part of a bigger story. It's part of a bigger story that all those people named in the list play a part in. It's part of the bigger story about God working behind the scenes to sort out that mess that was caused by Adam's sin. It's part of the bigger story about God working behind the scenes to bring about the fulfillment of that promise he made to Abraham, the promise he said he would fulfill through the descendants of Perez. It's part of the bigger story about God working behind the scenes to bring about the fulfillment of the promise he made in the days of Jesse, remember, the promise of a king after his own heart. It's part of the bigger story about God working behind the scenes to bring about the fulfilment of the promise he made to David, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. It's part of the bigger story about God working behind the scenes to bring about the fulfilment of the promise of a greater king than David. That promise that runs right through the Old Testament, the promise of a Messiah and a kingdom, the promise of Jesus. But you Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. This list shows us that this story The story about Naomi and Ruth and Boaz is part of that big, big story. Because this list is included at the end, all of a sudden the story of Ruth, it's not just a nice little love story that pops up in the middle of the Old Testament. All of a sudden, it's not just about how God sorts out the tragedies that have befallen one old woman. All of a sudden, it's not just a story that shows us how God is in the background to bring about his purposes. All of a sudden, it's not just another example of God's hessed in action. All of a sudden, it's not just a picture of life under the shadow of God's wings. Now, it is all of that. Those are things that we've learned from this story already. It is all of that, but it's much, much more. It's part of a story about how God will sort out, how God will reverse the tragedy that has befallen the whole world. It's part of the story about how God is at work in the background to redeem fallen mankind. It's part of the story that begins with that tragedy in the Garden of Eden when Eve and Adam disobeyed God and a curse came upon the earth. It begins there, and it's part of the story that ends with the glory of the new Jerusalem. Everything perfectly restored as it was always meant to be. A bigger story about the reversal of a bigger tragedy than Naomi's A bigger story of loss and gain a bigger story of bitterness to joy a bigger story of emptiness to fullness i'll tell you something else interesting about that list of names it's probably not a full list of every generation from perez to david it's a list of 10 generations the jews like to put their genealogies into lists of ten and when they arranged them in tens, the way they arranged them, they they did it to make a point. So what's the point that this list is making? Well it's telling us that the story of Naomi and Ruth and Boaz is part of the big story but it's telling us more than that. This list of ten puts Boaz in at number seven. And that's significant, apparently. Seven in these lists was the favoured position. This was the position that says, important. Boaz's name is in the important position in this list. And by that, the storyteller is telling us. The story you have just heard about Naomi and Ruth and Boaz is not just part of the big story it's a key to understanding the big story. You see, just like Naomi's path to fullness was not a straight one, and just like your path to heaven is not a straight one, the path of that bigger story is not a straight one either. From where we see it, as we look back at history, We see tragedies, we see setbacks, we see failures, we see opposition, we see disappointments. There are times when it looks impossible that God's kingdom will ever come. But from where God sees it, there are no surprises. There are no unplanned tragedies. There are no mistakes. The end point is guaranteed and everything is going exactly according to plan. And everything along the way is good because it's all happening under the shadow of God's wing. And God is a God of Hesed. Remember when we started out, bad days, the days of the judges? There must have been such discouraging days for the good people of Bethlehem and others like him. Those people who were struggling to remain faithful to God and look what was going on around them in the country. People had turned their back on God. They had no time for him. They opposed the people of God. People who wanted to stay faithful to God when everything around them and everyone around them had turned their backs It must have looked like that big story had been derailed. They must have thought, how can that promise to Abraham ever be fulfilled? How are we ever going to see that kingdom that God promised, that everlasting kingdom where there will be perfect righteousness and justice? It must have looked like the promise would never be fulfilled. So what did God do? He gave them this wee story to help them. He gave them this wee story to say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. And it's all going to work out just fine because I am a God of Hesed." And some people say that these are dark days, the days we live in, and yes, they are. The church seems to be on the back foot. There's opposition to the gospel from those outside, and there's compromise and there's unfaithfulness and there's idolatry on the inside. But folks God is still a God of Hesed. The Lord's kindness, the Lord's Hesed has not forsaken the living or the dead. Some say these are dark days, but I think honestly we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Have confidence in the God of Chesed. Stay faithful, good people of Bethlehem. Stay faithful and pray. Show. Your marvellous loving kindness, by your right hand, O oh, you who save those who trust in you. From those who rise up against them, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. Pray like that. Pray like that for yourselves and for one another. And if you're not saved, There are evil days ahead. You've seen the way the world is going. It doesn't take a genius to work that out. There are evil, dark days ahead. You can see the trends. Don't you fear for your children and your grandchildren what it's gonna be like for them to grow up in this dark world? Well, the only place for safety for any of us is under the shadow of God's wing. Won't you come in? Won't you trust him? Come in and live a life bathed in his hesed. Let's pray. Yes, our Father, these are dark, dark days. Sometimes we get discouraged. Bad things happen in the world. Bad things happen in our own lives and sometimes we wonder where, where is God in it all? What happened to the promises? Thank you, Father, for this story. Thank you that you gave it to us just to bring us some encouragement, just to give us a little reminder of your love, of your hesed, of what it's like living under the shadow of your wings. Help us, Lord, to take that encouragement and stay faithful to you that we might show that Hesed and bring to others the hope that we have found in the Lord Jesus Christ.